morning we're going to continue on in our series we started last week called He Speaks. And so we're looking at the series, um, talking about learning how to understand and hear and discern God's voice in our lives. And so last week we talked about five practical ways of how to hear God's voice or, or answer that question of, you know, maybe you said, I've never heard God's voice or what does it sound like? Or how do I hear God's voice? And so we've been looking at practical ways. And so today we're going to look at how do I know what is God's voice versus maybe what are the other voices that I hear? You know, what is my voice or what are other people's voices or what is maybe uh, Satan's voice? You know, what are, what are the other voices that I hear in my life and what is God's voice? How do I tell the difference between the different things that I hear? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so here's the thing, right? My wife and I, Pastor Laura and I, we've been here, you know, over a year now. And so we really like hanging out with you guys. We've, we've gotten to know many of you um, quite well, and we really enjoy our time with you. And not only here at church, you know, many of you, we've spent time with you outside of church, whether that's, you know, having you at our house or being at your house or spending time uh, at sporting events or different things outside of the church, just getting to know you and, and live life and, and share life with you. Uh, we've enjoyed getting to know and, and build relationships and, and friendships with many of you. Uh, and so it's been fun just having those conversations and living lives, living life with you. And, and that was one of my favorite things about being a youth pastor, right? So being a youth pastor for, for over five years, I loved the relationships that I was able to build with students. Um, getting to just live life with them, you know, going to summer camp and youth convention and missions trips and doing those things. The memories that I have from those times are things that I, I'll cherish forever, you know. And, but my favorite part of those are the conversations that took place during those times, whether it was on a bus ride or in a hotel room, whether it was at a coffee shop when I took a student out or in the sanctuary before or after a service, some of the conversations were ridiculous, right? You know, I'd sit down with a student and maybe the student would go, hey, if you and I got into a zombie apocalypse, which one of us would, you know, survive? I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer to that question, but they'd be ridiculous conversations. Maybe they would talk about sports or family, friends, school. But my favorite conversations were the ones that would end up getting down to the really deep stuff. The, hey, Pastor Micah, I'm really wrestling with this. I'm struggling with this. I have anxiety about this. I'm dealing with depression. I struggle with pornography. My parents are going through divorce. Those are the conversations that, that I really enjoyed. Not because they were fun conversations, but because those were the ones that really were transformational conversations where we really got to see life happen. The deeper conversations would fall into a few categories. And one of those connects into the series that we're talking about right now. Whether it was talking to them about college choices or relationship issues or just trying to figure out um, the relationship with Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis, Oftentimes, these conversations all came back to one basic question. How does God speak, and how do I know if it's Him who's actually speaking to me? 
How does God speak to me, and how do I know if it's Him who's actually speaking to me? Right? And as I said, last week we looked through five primary ways that God speaks to us. And if you weren't here, we'll look at Him. And if you were, here's a reminder. Five ways we looked at. Number one, the Bible. God speaks uh, primarily through His Word. Number two, God's people, uh, God, God's people can bring us a message from God. Number three, through circumstances. God can speak to us through circumstances that we're going through in our lives. And we looked at sometimes we, it's a mega theme or this idea of something that just keeps coming up and up. God just keeps bringing something to our mind. And it's not a coincidence. It's God continuing to bring something to the forefront over and over and over again. Another way that God can speak to us, number four, is through impression or the Holy Spirit, that conscience inside of us, that still small voice that's speaking to us, that nudges inside of us, God speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. Or number five, God can speak to us through visions and dreams, through supernatural ways. And we used the example last week of William Booth, the guy who started Salvation Army and the story of how that all, Salvation Army all came out of a vision that God gave William Booth one day when he was sitting there. God gave him a vision, and out of that came Salvation Army. And so, as you read scripture, if a person says, I've never heard God's voice before, I've never heard God speak. If you've ever read scripture, you've heard God speak before. Why? Because all scripture is God-breathed. Right? So scripture is God speaking to us today. God speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. He speaks through the working of the Holy Spirit. He speaks supernaturally through visions and dreams. This week we're going to focus less on how he speaks and zero in on how we can be sure that it's actually God's voice that we're hearing. So we're going to go back to John chapter 10. That's the main chapter that we're looking at throughout this series, where Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees, right? The religious leaders at that time. And he's telling a story about shepherds, sheep, and hearing voices. And the whole story is a figure of speech or an illustration. And since the Pharisees weren't following along, they weren't understanding what Jesus was trying to explain as illustration, Jesus went ahead and he just plainly said in John 10, 27, exactly what he was trying to say, his exact point. This is our key verse for the whole series. It says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Last week, I encouraged you to memorize that verse. Did anybody take time to memorize it? That's all right. Here's what we're going to do. I want you to repeat it with me. All right? My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. That was my fault. I didn't pause. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. John 10, 27. There we go. That's important. That isn't? It's just like the yellow pages. To be able to know where that reference is. See? So it's clear here. Jesus is saying that he speaks as the shepherd and that the sheep listen and they follow his voice.
But I want to zero in on two verses that come out a little bit earlier in this passage on the sheep and the shepherd illustration that Jesus shared with the Pharisees. So if you move back a little bit further in verses 4 and 5 of John chapter 10, it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. They know his voice, it says, but it says not only that, it says they're going to run away from a stranger's voice because they don't recognize it. So when it comes to recognizing the voice of God in your life, or maybe the churchy phrase we might say today is discerning the Holy Spirit, right? Discerning the voice or the Holy Spirit in our life. I want these verses to become true for you, to be able to recognize and hear and understand the voice of God in your life. I want to give you some practical steps on how you can know or discern God's voice over the other voices in your life. As we try to differentiate God's voice from the other voices in your life, it may be good to consider who the other voices are. And so we're going to look at three other voices that you may hear in your life other than God's before we move on. So number one, the first voice that you may hear in your life is your own. Simply, your own, right? Many times, the hardest thing we, we, we have a hard time getting beyond is our own voice, our own thoughts, our own ideas. The Bible often refers to this as our flesh or our sinful nature, our sinful nature. It's our own thoughts and desires, void of God's influence. Paul talks about how the desires of the flesh, or our voice, will contradict the desires of the spirit, or God's voice. If we look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Right? So you are not to do whatever you want. The Spirit wants one thing, the flesh wants the other. So you can't listen to both of them at the same time, for they do the opposite. You have to listen to one or the other. Another voice that we listen to. So number one, our own voice. Number two, the enemy's voice, Satan. He and his army have a mission that runs very counter to what God's mission is for us. Jesus said it this way in John 10.10, right? The thief, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, speaking of Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or have it in abundance. The Bible speaks a lot about how Satan came to confuse us in recognizing God's voice. Jesus speaks about this a little earlier in the book of John, when he calls out some Jews who are questioning his authority. John chapter 8, verses 43 and 44. It says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Where he lies, he speaks his na native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's what, that's what Jesus said about Satan. He is a liar and the father of lies. I want you to catch that last sentence, right? It says, Jesus says that Satan's native language is lies. 
Right? So whatever Satan speaks is going to be lies. Naturally, lies are going to come out of his mouth. Think about that. As smoothly as the English language rolls off of your tongue, lies are going to roll off of Satan's tongue. Right? Just like if, if you know somebody who knows two different languages, often it's very easy to distinguish which one is their primary language and which one is their secondary language. That's the same with Satan. Yes, there are times that he may fool us by trying to put a little bit of truth into a lie. But oftentimes, the lie is going to be much more obvious when he speaks to us than the little bit of truth that he may try to share. The third voice that may try to speak to us, so there's our voice, there's Satan's voice, and the other voices, often coming in the form of advice from other people. Sometimes this can be good advice, sometimes bad advice. We may be tempted to listen to the voice of others and mistake it at times for the voice of God. There are many times throughout the stories in the Bible in which people choose to listen to the voices of others over the voice of God. Right? We can think of many examples, but one of the earliest, if you go way back to the beginning in the book of Genesis, right, we find Adam and Eve. Adam listens to the voice of Eve over the voice of God when he chose to eat of the forbidden fruit. And interestingly, Eve had also chosen to listen to the voice of who? Satan, through the serpent, over the voice of God. So we find two individuals who had listened to the voice of another and the voice of Satan over God in the story. So these are all different voices that could confuse us at times from hearing or understanding God's voice. So why at times is this so tough for us? Say you get a major impression that you're supposed to do something, and you're trying to figure out if it's God's voice over one of these other voices. If you're struggling to know if it's His voice, you're not alone. I think all of us would sit in here and go, you know what? There's been times that, that I've been unsure. There's, I, I've had times when I've been unsure if what I've heard is God or, or what it was. Um, if you're struggling to know if it's his voice, just know you're not alone. But I want to give you three different grids this morning, or three different tools, you could say this morning, that you can, you can run through or use to help you determine if it's God's voice that you're hearing. The first grid or the first tool you could use this morning is God's word. God's word. First and foremost, God's word. Because why? God's voice will never, ever contradict God's word. God's voice will never contradict God's word. When I have an impression or a circumstance where I think God is saying something to me, I always check it against God's word. Always, immediately. That's my response, and, and I pray that that will be your response. Whenever God speaks or you feel he, he's urging something upon you, always check that against God's word. And here are three questions to help you with that. This would go underneath God's word. Number one, is it against God's word? Let's say you're at a store and you're looking at something. For example, maybe it's a piece of jewelry, or maybe it's an electronic device, and you really want this. It's something you really want. Maybe you've been saving up for it, and you still don't have what you need for it, and you want it, you're short on money, and the thought crowds your head, it comes in your head. 
Just take it. It's not that big of a deal. Just take it. Plus, God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have the things that your heart desires. Take it. But the Bible has some pretty clear demands when it comes to stealing, right? Right? If you look in Ephesians 20:15, it says, You shall not steal. It's one of the Ten Commandments, right? Pretty clear. Ephesians 4.28 says, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Again, God's voice will never contradict God's word. So we can discern and know that God is not telling us to do this. That voice that's saying, Oh, God wants you to just be happy. Take it. That doesn't line up with God's word. So we know, know that obviously is not God's voice that's telling us, Take that piece of jewelry. Take that uh, electronic device. Question number two underneath God's word. Is it commanded? Is it commanded? And actually, if you guys look on your cards that you have on your chair, on the bottom part, in the gray box, under grid number one, these three questions are on there. Under God's word, it does say, uh, is it commanded? Is it against it? Um, but you can also feel free to add it to your notes that you're taking for those who are taking notes. But number two, under God's word, on grid number one, is it commanded? If you were to tell me, I've, uh, I've really been struggling with watching pornography, and I think God is telling me I need to stop. Again, the Bible has some pretty clear commands when it comes to stepping outside of God's bounds for sexuality. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Ephesians 5.3 says, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. What do you think God is telling you to stop watching pornography? Is it in line with what Scripture commands? Yes, that's, that, that's what Scripture would be telling us. So even if you are wrong and it's not God's voice, it is still an easy answer. Do it because it's what God's Word is commanding. God's Word would say, do not partake in pornography. So that is what God's Word commands. Question number three under God's Word. Is it consistent? Is it consistent? I know the first two examples are pretty obvious. So this last one, is it consistent? The reality is, the struggle is, when we sense he's telling us something, the Bible doesn't directly speak for or against. Right? Sometimes there's, there's things we go, you know, maybe the Bible doesn't really speak clearly. A yes or a no or, or black or white about a certain subject. So maybe consider these two scenarios. And with school having started, these apply maybe more towards our students. But maybe here's scenario number one. You're way behind on your homework, but you want to go to youth group. And so you go, it would maybe be easier for me if I just borrowed some answers from a friend. So then you may be thinking, well, that's cheating, and it goes against Scripture, but the Bible never directly says, do not cheat. And this is, so you can go to church, right? So like, yeah. However, though, if you look back at Scripture on stealing, we can recognize quickly that cheating on your homework would technically be a form of stealing. You're stealing someone else's answers. We also know that the desire of the teacher would be for you to do the work 
yourself. It would be dishonest for you to claim the work as your own. And the Bible again speaks clearly against deceit or lying or claiming someone else's work to be your own. Right? So although it doesn't say, thou shalt not cheat on your homework, directly or specifically in Scripture, it clearly, with consistency, the Scripture says that you shouldn't do that when you piece the different pieces of Scripture together. Here's another scenario. There's a girl at your school. Let's just say her name is Ashley. You've noticed that she doesn't have too many friends, and it seems like maybe she's really struggling. Uh, you've had a real sense that you need to reach out to Ashley and invite her to youth group. You aren't going to find a verse anywhere that says, you shall invite Ashley to church. In fact, you aren't even going to find a verse that says, you shall invite people to church. However, you are going to find this really important message from Jesus to his disciples, and ultimately to all those who call themselves Christians, in Matthew 28, 19, the Great Commission that says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, or in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. <laughs> Inviting Ashley to church will not make her a disciple, but it could be a great opportunity for her to take that step. Inviting her could be a cons consistent with what Scripture is teaching us. So it could very well be God telling you to do this. It's when we are in these type of moments, we think God is speaking to us, and it's consistent with Scripture, but not necessarily commanded in Scripture, that we can become confused. Because we're going, it's not commanded in Scripture, um, but yet it, it, it's kind of inferred, or we find it when we read throughout Scripture. But maybe we begin to ask ourselves, well, what if Ashley became offended? What if Ashley misinterprets my intentions? What if Ashley is so turned off by my invitation to church that she ends up pledging her allegiance to Satan? I know that escalates quickly, right? But that happens with us sometimes, right? We, we get a little bit caught up in our own brain. We overanalyze everything that we get into these crazy spots. And we begin to just kind of jump off the deep end. And that's where grid number two comes in. That's where tool number two comes in. So tool number one, grid number one is God's word. Grid number two is God's people. God's people is grid number two for hearing God's voice. When we're wrestling with whether or not God is saying something to us, it may be worth running it by a trusted follower of Jesus who can help us discern if it's really from God. Right? Some people I've heard, they like to call these people wisdom people. Or maybe it, it, it's just someone who's more mature in their faith, someone who they have come to know as maybe an accountability partner, or someone who they looked up to as a spiritual mentor in their life, someone who, who has, has poured into them. And these are a few qualities that I think you should look for in someone that would be um, a, a wisdom person or, or a spiritual mentor in your life. Number one, they're further along in their spiritual journey than you are. They have more spiritual maturity than you do. Number two, they ask the right questions. The goal of these people is not to often tell you if it is or isn't God speaking to you, but instead to ask you some leading questions to help you land where you need to. 
Right? Not to just say, yes, that's God speaking or not speaking, but to help you begin to understand if that is God speaking to you or not. So you can begin to discern whether it is or not. Not for them to just say, yes, that is, no, that's not. But for you to be able to learn and for them to just help you in that process. Number three, that they will tell you what you need to hear over what you want to hear. Right? That's the biggest thing whenever it comes to a mentor or an accountability partner is someone who will tell you what you need to hear, not what you simply want to hear. Right? That's key. If they sense God is telling me to do something, uh, many times we can be tempted to find some person who I think is simply just going to affirm me rather than tell me the hard truth. So we have to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to find someone that would be willing to say, you know what, Micah? No, I don't think that's right. I think this is actually what it is that God is trying to tell you right now. Even though that's not what you want to hear, that's what I think it is God is trying to do. So who are those spiritual mentors in your life? Who are those people in your life that you say, you know what? If maybe I have a question of whether or not God is speaking in my life, or maybe I just have a question about Scripture, or I'm just in a rough place in my life and I need someone to turn to, who is that person, or who are those individuals in your life that you say, you know what, that's one or two people that I would turn to in my life that could help me in that situation. I want you to think about that. Who is someone you could go to if you're wrestling to discern if God was speaking to you in your life? Do you have that person? If not, I want to encourage you to take that step and find someone to become a spiritual mentor in your life. I think it's a great step in growth in your relationship with the Lord to find someone who will help pour into your relationship with God to take that next step. Number three, grid number three, or tool number three in hearing God's voice or learning how to know if it's God's voice is God's journey with you. The last grid is, is, is your personal history when it comes to listening, knowing, and following God's voice. How many of you have had a moment or moments when you sensed that God was telling you something, you acted on it, and then you saw spiritual fruit come from it? Right? You sensed God was asking you to do something or leading you, and, and you responded, and you saw fruit come from it, right? Th- those, are, those are the greatest moments, because you're like, yes, I, I, I listened to what God did, I was obedient, and Look what happened. You know, the, the results were awesome. The, the fruit that came about it were great. But what about the opposite, right? You, you, you sense that leading and that directing, and you didn't follow through. You, you weren't obedient. You, you didn't do, and nothing happened, right? That's the opposite feeling. You're like, I missed it, right? I, I, I didn't do what it was God was asking me to do, and I, I, I missed out on an opportunity. Or maybe, maybe you have a, a history of, you know what, just miscounting, saying, you know what, that wasn't God, too quickly. Or thinking that was God before really taking a moment to look at God's Word and realizing, wait, that wasn't God. I thought it was, but it was just good advice from somebody else. Because sometimes it, it can sound really good, but good doesn't mean God. Right? Good does not mean God. So we need to always ask ourselves these questions. 
Do we have a history of acting too quickly? Do we overanalyze things? Or do we have a healthy balance of processing through things before moving forward with wisdom and courage when it comes to listening and hearing God's voice? These are all valuable questions for us to consider. If your journey with God has shown some poor wisdom, that's okay. Focus on returning back to the first two grades, God's Word and God's people, and really process through those two things. If your journey with God is marked uh, by a lot of thoughts and a little and too little action, it may be time for you to step out in grid number three and just step out in obedience to what God is asking you to do and what he's asking you to do. So how many of you have ever had a favorite place that you like to visit on a regular basis? Maybe you go to the same place on vacation every year, right? My family, when I was growing up, we went to the same campground every single summer for vacation. It was the greatest thing ever. We went to Clubhouse Campground up on Highway 38 north of Grand Rapids every single summer, right? And I remember when we first went there, my dad had to print off directions on a map. You know, he printed them off the computer, get directions. The first couple years we would use them. You know, after a few years you print them off, but you don't really need them. You just have them in case you need it. And eventually, right, you don't even need the directions anymore because you just know where you're going, right? You, you, you have that direction memorized. You don't need them. And that's the same when it comes to knowing and hearing and understanding God's voice. It's a similar pattern. The more you walk through your journey of silencing the other voices in your life and zeroing in on God's voice with the proper directions, the more you're going to become familiar with the process and become less reliant on the directions that are in front of you, the cards. The more you'll become less reliant on having to say, you know what, um, I, I don't have to worry about whether that's other people's uh, voices, because I know God's voice, just like the sheep know a shepherd's voice. We learn God's voice. We don't have to question it anymore. Just like we don't have to look at the directions to find the campground, because we know where it is. We know God's voice, and we can follow His voice. And also, what can we do when we hear a voice that's not God's voice? We can run away from it, just like the sheep did when a shepherd whose voice was not Jesus they ran away from it. We can run away from the voice that is not God's voice. So getting to know God's voice. And so those cards are just a simple tool for you. And it just has the three grids laid out on there. It also has the five uh, primary ways that God can speak to us. And so those are just a simple tool for you to take home. And just a reminder card for you. So if you want to place those in your Bible... Uh, place them somewhere where you'll see them, think about them. Um, I know some people like to place things like that on a mirror where they see them in the morning when they're getting their day started or wherever you like to put them. But I just, I think for me, it's nice to have something in my hands that I can take home with me um, that I can use. It helps me to remember those kind of things. And so um, if I can have uh, Kennedy and Rachel come back up real quick. We're going to close out this morning with a time of prayer. And so this morning, myself and a few of our leaders are going to be up here. And if you would like prayer for anything this morning, whether it has to do with discerning God's voice 
or not. Maybe you like prayer for, for something else this morning. We just want to have a time of prayer, and so we want to invite you to come forward and receive prayer, and then we will close out together this morning after that. Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you for this time. God, I pray that as God, we look to you. God, I pray that you would help us, God, to continue to learn, God, how to hear your voice. God, amongst all the, the chaos, amongst all the other voices, the thoughts, the things that go on in the world around us, God, may we learn as your sheep to hear your voice, to follow you, to be obedient to your leading in our lives, God. God, I pray that through your word and, Father, through the people that you have placed around us, God, and through our experiences with you, God, may we continue, God, to just follow you, God, in all that you have for us. God, I pray as we go out now, God, that you give us a confidence and a boldness, God, to go forward with the ministry, God, to be light in the world around us, God, to be a witness and a testimony, God, that we may see our friends and our family and our co-workers and the community and world around us transformed as a result of your presence in our lives. So God, be with us now as we go out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.